Thank you for listening today to the Kingdom Business Coaching KBC Keys Podcast. And now your hosts, the co-founders of Kingdom Business Coaching, Patrice Seguet, Scott Landis, and Deborah Slott. Welcome to the KBC Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saget, with Scott Landis and Deborah Schlock, the co-founders of KBC and host of this podcast. Scott, Deborah, welcome. Hi, Patrice. Great to be here again. Yes, we are continuing our discussion on the values key. We've been doing this series on the KBC Keys, or the three keys of Kingdom Business Success. We began with the relationship key. We dealt with that for a while. You want to go back to the other podcasts to listen to those. And then now we're dealing with the values key. And today we're going to deal with one aspect of the values key. And then once we finish the values key, we're going to deal with the growth key. Uh, We have three more episodes before we get to the growth key. So today we're going to deal with the aspect of the value key that deals with how values shape corporate culture. Now, prior to this, we talked about understanding the values. We talked about why they're important. Now we're going to deal with how do they actually shape corporate culture. Now, first, let me kind of set the stage for us because the question our listeners are probably wondering, what is corporate culture, right? Because to know how its values shape it, you got to know what corporate culture is. Well, we define corporate culture as the soul of the organization, the thing that really uh, defines who the organization is. The corporate culture is made up of several factors, and those factors obviously include the people within the organization, but also the articulations and belief that the organization holds dear. And so today we're going to talk about the value, which is the articulation and the belief that the company holds dear. And so we're going to deal with how do those things shape corporate culture. Now, we've all the writings, all the reading I've done, there's always one conclusion no matter which thought leader you're dealing with. The most important thing to the success of any organization is culture. Let's first deal with that. Uh, That culture is more important than anything else. I think Peter Drucker says culture eats, what was that, Deborah? Eats strategy for lunch. Eats strategy for lunch, (laughs) which means that you can have a great strategy, but without a viable corporate culture, it means nothing. Linciani talks about culture as more important than technology, uh, more important than anything else that you may have, even resources or money. So culture is a significant factor. First of all, do you guys agree? And if you do, why? Let's start with you, Deborah, since you're the one that's driving this particular key. Well, certainly I believe that uh, that culture drives the success of the business because without people believe in the business, what it stands for, how it operates, which is really what corporate values um, structures around, then uh, they cannot connect emotionally as well as, as intellectually with the goals and strategy of where the business is going to. You make a good point because uh, you mentioned the word emotionally. 
That's and, right. and that's a very good point because ultimately what culture tends to do is tap into the emotions, isn't it? That's right. Everything else is tying into the intellect. But when we talk about corporate culture, we're dealing with that element that deals with the humanity of the people working with you. That's right. Scott, thoughts on corporate culture? Yeah, I'm thinking about the statements that were made that it's um, more important than strategy, more important than technology. And um, I think the reason that has to be true is you can have an amazing technology, you can have the most thought out sound strategy, but really culture is driven by the people, right? And if the people in the culture um, aren't gelling, aren't in sync, it doesn't matter what kind of technology those people are using or what kind of strategy they're adhering to, that the people that are driving those three things, culture, technology, and strategy, it's really the culture that is the foundation of all that. Mm, well said. You know, when we make this statement that corporate culture is the soul of the company, I think of Jesus' statement. What would a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Right? Would a man exchange all the wealth rich in the world for his soul? Culture, the soul of the organization. You can have strategy, you can have money, you can have technology, but if you trade it for your soul, for who you are, for your culture, you've gained nothing. Let's deal with that before we talk about how value shape it. You know, let's talk about that statement that Jesus makes and let's apply that to this, the importance of culture. If culture is a soul of the organization and Jesus makes the point that nothing is as important and critical as your soul, you know, I mean, he puts the wealth and riches of the entire earth and he took the soul of one person and he said that one soul has more value than all of that wealth and all those riches. Deborah, thoughts? Well, I think that our corporate culture is built upon what we believe in and what our faith is. That's that's our rock and our bottom line, our foundational piece that we live our lives by, as well as how we do our work or uh, run our organizations. If my soul is corrupt, if I don't have a good foundation, if I don't believe in principles that are laid out biblically for me, then it only stands to reason that my business is also going to be corrupt. And we've seen some good Christian business people had a corrupt soul that um, led to the downfall of their business. And so it really is about what are, what are my core beliefs and what do I believe in and how do I apply that in my in my business? Unfortunately, for many of us that um, early on uh, worked in a marketplace that wasn't faith-driven, um, now we see that that's changing. We're looking at more faith being integrated into our work. Uh, how can we be more an example of that? It is a place where we have to be careful about our souls and we need to protect them. Mm. Scott, thoughts from you? This thing, if you think about any company who made the news or history based on um, corruption that obviously comes from culture, um, Enron comes to mind, for example. Mm -hmm. There's the, the whole banking industry um, in the last recession. Um, so um, when it comes to the corruption that brings a downfall, we only know about those companies because they are once great they were once, you know, doing well. They were once 
you know, growing and profitable and, you know, growing shareholders um, uh, value in the company. And um, then their reputation, they're no longer around. I mean, those companies that come to mind. So, um, and that comes from that culture being corrupted. Mm, well said, well said. So when Jesus made a statement in Mark, the verse there is Mark chapter eight, verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You can read it this way. What shall it profit a company mm-hmm. if they gain the whole world and lose their soul? And the point you make, Scott, is that many of these companies, they traded the essence of who they were. They traded the very thing that made them who they became for the temporal and short term. And in the end, they shipwrecked themselves. So let's now get into this. How do values shape corporate culture? So we talked about culture. Now let's back in as the soul of the organization, the element, the human factor, that intangible kind of thing that really define who we are as an organization. So how does values shape that? Deborah. Well, you know, I think values are what we attempt to describe what is important to the organization and the people who work there. It may not be complete, but it is an attempt to describe that, those characteristics in which they want to express or exhibit to the public, as well as what they do privately and how they treat each other behind the scenes as well. So, you know, they may have a few or they may have many, but that's, to me, that's that, that attempt to just make that description. So here's what I'm hearing from you. So when we talk about values, we're dealing with words and definitions that attempts to capture in language mm-hmm. what we believe, what's important to us, what we hold dear. That's right. And as we then live those out, that then shapes, creates, or validates our culture. It has an influence on that culture. On that culture. Yes, yes. It helps us also to understand, you know, those, as we talk about um, that we, who we bring into our culture, whether or not that fits, you know, people that can operate with underneath those same parameters, but as well as the people who are in the culture, do I really fit within this culture or not? So it kind of gives a way to kind of quantify, as I look at those value statements, do I fit here? Are these same things important, important to me? Important to me. Because if there is a gap between what an individual employee feels is important versus what the organization culture is about or says that it's about, then we have, go back to the quote that you said at the beginning, that culture trumps everything. Yeah. So I don't fit in. I may not be valued. I don't perform as well. There's, it creates other kinds of problems. Mm. Scott. I'm thinking to myself, the question that some people might be asking is, okay, so how do I realize that? How do I, um, how do I apply that? And I think um, what comes to mind for me is there's a disconnect. There's, I remember, you know, certain times where a coworker would be saying, I just, I don't know what it is, but I'm just, there's something, there's a disconnect. I'm not feeling a part of the big picture you know there's always that little intangible feeling and that would be the clue right so if you're either an employer or or employee and and you're hearing this you know this disconnect i'm not feeling 
uh, I'm not gelling with, you know, whatever that descriptor is, there's a disconnect between the individual and the culture. That's the clue. And then look at the values statements, look at the values descriptions and say, okay, what part of this doesn't really fit for me in, you know, maybe you can score on a scale of one to 10 on this value statement. I'm a 10, I'm this, I'm 10, this one, I'm a five. Oh, that's what's going on. Mm. And, you know, that would be a tangible scientific way to kind of get to the bottom of this. I think there's another point to this, Patrice, mm-hmm. as well. We can state, we can describe, we can use whatever words that we'd like to, but it's what's actually being walked out and lived out um, in that culture that says even more than whatever may be on the board of that you've posted in your employee lunchroom of what your core values are. If you're not living to those, if you're not um, abiding by what you say is important to you, that also causes that disconnect with employees and management or the organization itself. I have worked with clients where literally at a, at a retreat, some of the employees, we would talk about the values and they would say, we don't live that. And the leadership team will be shocked. They said, what do you mean? They said, we don't live that. And so here's a situation where there are clearly articulated values and the leadership team, as far as they're concerned, they're striving to live it. In some cases, they believe they are living it. But yet there's this disconnect, as you point out, Deborah, with the staff. So, so there's two factors, right? So when we talk about how do, how do values shape corporate culture, it seems like values allow everybody to know that these are the articulated set of beliefs that we've all agreed to, mm-hmm. right? That we, got, that we want to be held accountable to and live out. Because we're going to be held accountable to this, it allows for the employees to also be able to say, we're not living them out. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why... Scott, I might not feel in is because whether I'm right or wrong, I don't perceive that the organization is living out what it projects or what it proposes or the set of belief is agreed to. You know, so with that in mind, there's a so the values when we talk about how do values shape corporate culture is that it gives us a set of a written set of beliefs that we can all agree to thus becoming a mechanism to help shape our culture or a mechanism to hold ourselves accountable when we are veering off in activities or in doing things that may be inconsistent with the kind of culture that we want. Any thoughts there for me? Yeah, we were talking before the uh, podcast about um, relating this to people. Yes. Um, Corporate culture is essentially like the character of a person. And so if somebody, if an individual wasn't living out, you know, they're, they're kind, they're honest, you know, you describe a person in these character qualities. That's the way value statements are for a company. And you can say to that person, dude, that's not who you are. The way you're behaving, that's not who you are. And they're going to say, Oh, yeah, you're right. And so the same thing applies to mm, what you're saying about uh, a company. company. Yeah. In other words, your behavior doesn't match our character. Mm-hmm. Your behavior doesn't match what we've agreed that our character out or what we're known for. Mm-hmm. 
Deb? Yeah, you know, I think there's another aspect to this as well that, you know, core values can be aspirational, something that we want to grow towards. May not recognize that we are uh, quite there yet, but something that we want to be known for and how are we going to make, make ourselves, uh, grow ourselves into that vision that we see or the character or description that we have. I think the critical part of that is that we recognize that we're not quite there yet, but that we're moving there. That's a good point because there's a danger, right? of having aspirational core value or elements that that is because you can then assume that you are there and and as a result that then this hypocrisy which by the way I mean Christians get criticized for being what hypocrites, hypocrites yes because they're there to aspirationally aspire to a certain standards and because others perceive them as not living up to those standards then they consider to be hypocrites. Mm -hmm. So that's that danger. So the question there to you and, and Scott is how do I make sure there's this congruence? And we're going to deal with that probably in another topic, but how do I make sure that that gap isn't there if part of my core values is aspirational? And I want this to shape this corporate culture. You know, as a CEO, as an owner, as a leader, how do I make sure that gap is not there? Well, I think there are several ways to do that, but I think measurement is one of them. And to go back and, and on a routine basis, whether that's once or twice a year, that you're taking a look and assessing how well are we doing in each of these areas? Have we met our standards or not? Not only looking at results to see that happen, but also going back to your um, staff, your your group of people, and getting their insight and their input on what they see, how well we're performing. Mm. If changes are made, what are the next steps that we need to take? But you have to be, as leaders, we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with those around us and making those adjustments as, as we discover, whether it's within ourselves or with the way we do business. Mm. Scott, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I like what Deborah's saying. I have another thought, which is, um, you know, when I've worked with companies, uh, helping them design their core values, I always, I always talk to them about, hey, let's let's talk about what is the company. You know, if if aliens from another planet came down <laughs> to to check out humanity and all they saw was your company, how would they describe human beings? And those are your value descriptors. But I love the idea of of uh, of you know, aspirational values. Is that what it was? And, and it reminds me of something I learned from Tony Robbins. He has a, uh, a thing called towards values and away values. They're th things that you want to move away from. Mm. That there you go. This is something I've been living out mm. or has been in my past. I want to make mm. sure I don't go back. Mm. And these are towards values. These are the things that I am aspir aspirational. So, you know, as we've been talking here, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. You know, have, have it clarified, though, that there, there's, you know, here's where we are and here's where we're going. Here's where we don't want to go. That's right. And, That's right. And, and, you know, I got that from Tony Robbins as, as a personal thing, but it, I think it goes really well with corporations, too. So here's kind of what I'm hearing from you guys as we bring this inclusion. I mean, our time is almost up. That by the prepare kind of your takeaways here, what I'm hearing is this, how values shape our corporate culture is that values are these sets of beliefs that are articulated, written, that we hold ourselves accountable to, and that we also attempt to live out. And the way it shapes our corporate culture is that they're not only lived out, held accountable to them, but also there's, they're quantified, meaning there has to be a way to measure whether or not we're living them out or not. And, and, and we have to be, have a way uh, to be able to, and they can be aspirational, meaning that we can recognize that, you know what, 
This is what we like to be like. This is what we, how we like to behave. Here's what we, but we're not there yet. And that's okay. And then Scott, you also brought up that we can also identify values that we don't want or ways we used to behave that we don't like, that we want to walk away from or that we want to push away from. And so, so that I think I like that because kind of like your testament, right? Here's who I used to be, right? And then post-Christ, here's now who I've become, right? And and by the way, here's how far I still got to go. <laughs> you know, Christ is kind of that image of all the ultimate. Where you are now is kind of, you know, the transformation. Where you were is kind of the pre, you know, pre-Christ days. So there's that. It gives kind of that gauge. I really like that because it makes it real dynamic. And there's a realness to it. Which is because companies are like people, there's a, we're dynamic. We didn't always have the best work ethics. I mean, I have a comp- client who would honestly say, you know what? I used to believe that faith alone can get me there. Mm-hmm. You know, things like planning and strategizing and budget and so forth. Those weren't part of our culture because, you know, we thought that all those things were anti-Christian. We thought it was inconsistent with biblical theology. Right? You wonder how long they stayed and how long they stay in business for that long. But that was everything was by faith. So so they had to then say, you know what? We took faith to the extreme. They had to kind of create this new culture that brought about strategy, accountability, and budgeting and these things that um that really has helped to become what they've now have you as a company. So takeaways from you guys. I'm listening to this and I'm saying, okay, what should I really walk away with on how value shape corporate culture? Deb, what would you say? Well I think that if you haven't developed your corporate cultures, now's a good time to sit down and think about what those five, seven things are that are important mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And and then describe what those happen to be. If you've got corporate cultures Take an honest assessment. How well are we doing? Where do we need to make some adjustments? Mm. You have a thing that you do about uh, measuring employees' engagement. I do. Which really ties to this whole lot. Because part of measuring the corporate culture is really, at the end of the day, how do your people feel? Yeah, it is. Well, it's a a net promoter score, right? That's right. And so the first question is, would you... um, recommend a friend to uh, work here. That's right. And then based on that score, what's your reason for that? That's right. And that's where we really drive at where, where the brokenness happens. Because if I, if I say that I would, um, probably not recommend a friend because, and here's the reason yeah, we why. We have a funky culture. We've got something wrong. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and they tell us what that is. That's now right. we have something to work with. Mm, good. Scott? I, I like that. That leads me to um, my uh, takeaway, which is when you were talking about earlier, Patrice, about um, you worked with um, companies and the leadership thought, we're leaving the core values, <laughs> but then the uh, the rest of the team was like, no, we don't live that. Well, the leadership in that case had a blind spot. And the uh, net promoter score that you're describing, uh, Deborah, would be a great way uh, for people to leadership to really understand, okay, we think we're doing well, but what if we have a blind spot? Let's make sure it's really important. Mm. So here's a question as you leave this uh, show here for our guests who are listening. Do you have a way to measure how the culture is? And if your culture isn't healthy, do you know how to make it healthy? And we believe that having clearly articulated core values can be a key in shaping your corporate culture. 
Again, you can subscribe to our program if you have iTunes or if you have Stitcher. If you have any smartphone, you can subscribe to it so you can receive this on a regular basis once a week. You can also go to our website, kbckeys.com, kbckeys.com, and there you can also access this podcast and many other podcasts from the past as well as going on into the future. Having said that, my prayer for you is this. May God give you the grace and favor to build a transformational company that impacts people, planet, profit, and eternity. Thanks for listening today. To find out more and to discover some great resources, go to kingdombizcoaching.com. That's kingdombizcoaching.com. Contact us. Our email address is info at kingdombizcoaching.com. And now may God bless your business today.